0: are good to go with, with
1: more of them. the Matt Wyatt Show, coming to you direct and live. Let's go. Hour two of the show off and running with you in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. I'm Matt. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. I'm glad to be here. Beaver's here. Got the whole gang. Thanks for being a part of it. Because you're here, we have a reason to be here. Staying connected to you because of SeaSpire, the number one network in Mississippi, SeaSpire, customer inspired. Check them out at cSpire.com. My man Big Matt, he texts me on the country please and text line to let me know that his better half, Miss Melissa, makes an excellent spaghetti. And I would love to be the judge of that myself at some point, Matt. Just say <laughs> I'll send you my address. Can you ship spaghetti in some sort of shipping safe container? Now, the reason I was talking about, you know, we got National Spaghetti Day all today. Also, it's National Spaghetti Day, and the reason I told Beaver about it earlier is one of the characters on that show, always Sunny in Philadelphia. Charlie was eating spaghetti. He just he walked around all day eating it out of a Ziploc bag. So I meant to ask you, Beaver. Have you ever eaten spaghetti out of a Ziploc bag? <laughs> no, but now I feel like I have to. We—it's—it's it's like you see that you know it's not kosher, but there's something about it you want to try it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Matt, I don't—you could ship. Maybe you could ship it in a Ziploc bag. I don't know. That would actually be a great commercial for Ziploc. The heavy-duty zipper bags, put some spaghetti in it, you know, FedEx it to me. A couple days later, it shows up and it's still in there. (laughs) It'd be a good commercial, right? All right, welcome in. Hour two of the show. Off and running with you. You can be a part of it. I hope you will. Uh, Quick reminder, uh, we have a new phone number. It's sort of new. Like, everything's the same except a few numbers, okay? So, to call the show, it's 897-1059. Got it? 897-1059. Still a 601 number, 897-1059. That's the number to call. Get on in here. You can be like Rooster and Brando and others who called earlier, and everybody gets to hear your voice, which is great. People get sick of hearing me all the time. You can also text the show on the country, please, and text line. The number to text, eight eight five three seven seven six. 3776 Got it? 601 number, 885-3776. Again, another way to remember it, 885-ESPN. So you can text that number. And also, if you're on the live stream, hey to you on Facebook and YouTube and out there on in X land, anybody watching a live stream, however you're watching it, You can comment, and it pops up right here in front of me, and we can bring it in and make it a part of the show. For example, let's see. Jared comments on Facebook on the Murray West live thread and said, thanks, Matt. I don't even know what he's thanking me for, but he did. He commented. See? (laughs) Sven didn't know what we were talking about. He said, I thought it was January 4th, not pasta day. Well, I, we have an American calendar here. Okay, Sven, I know you're in Germany. Our calendar says that today is National Spaghetti Day as well as National Trivia Day. So there, you know, it's that's what that's all about. But there's your example. And even and it's new to 2024, you can even type a comment in if you're watching on Twitter slash X. And it'll pop up here. We can make it a part of the show uh, as well. Hey, I got a note for you. Before we jump into uh, NFL talk. Oh, oh, I got you, Jared. Okay, so it was the comments about, he, he mentioned on Facebook it was about lost pizza, having spaghetti and meatballs. I'm just telling you, what I've had, lost pizza and do have great spaghetti and meatballs. You wouldn't think it. Okay. All right, back to the, we will get into some NFL football here in just a sec. I am going to, by the way, dog tired in Florence. Text me a link to great John McKay quotes. He's one of the funniest football coaches they ever coach. Okay, he was great. Okay, so I may take a look at some of those, and that'll springboard us over in there because I want to talk about it. You got one week left, obviously the last week of the regular season. You know there will be some players, you know, some teams on the field this weekend who have. Nothing to play for. They have locked up whatever situation they're in, and the outcome of the games this weekend won't affect it at all. And so some of those will sit players, and some players will avoid contact, make sure they're healthy to get into the playoffs and all that. But others have a lot riding on this last weekend, including your New Orleans Saints and your Dallas Cowboys. So uh, we'll get into some of that. But first, I just want to pass this along because my lovely wife, the homecoming queen, texts me this info. She happens to know that I'm a fan of Elvis. How could you live in Tupelo as long as I've lived in Tupelo and not be a fan of Elvis? I'm a fan of Elvis. She is too. And she sent me this little nugget here and I thought I'd pass it along to you. So today, January the 4th. You know what? I'll tell you what. While I read this to you, I don't have the Elvis song that this is referencing, but I have my favorite. It's my new favorite Elvis song, and it just happens to be a song that is named after one of our listeners and callers here on this radio station, Elvis's version of Ready Teddy. It doesn't get any better than this.
0: Ready, set, Come go man, go. I got a girl that I love so. Ready
1: Teddy. Ready, Teddy. Ready,
0: ready Teddy. ready, ready, ready
1: to rock and roll. All right, so on this day, January 4th, 1954, while still working as a truck driver, 1954, Elvis Presley went to the Memphis Recording Service in Memphis to record a song for his mother's birthday, which was several months away. He recorded a song called It, it Wouldn't Be the Same Without You and another one called I'll Never Stand in Your Way. And it was that recording that led Sam Phillips to call Elvis back and record some stuff at Sun Records. You see, the receipt is January 6th, but the date of the recording was January the 4th. The best $8.25 ever spent in the history of rock and roll 70 years ago today. And the rest is history. the birthplace of America's music right here in Mississippi. All right, uh, we'll flip it now over to the phone line, the Davini Equipment phone line. Davini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., in fact, means they've been doing it better, longer than anyone else right here at home at Davini. Chomp, chomp. Gator Greg. On line one. What's up, Greg? Good to hear from you. Happy New Year.
0: Well, happy New Year to you, Mr. White. I, I thought about you in the homecoming, queen. I actually was in Tupelo for briefly last week uh, on my way up uh, through North Mississippi and then up around to Memphis, but I, I thought about you. And uh, I know it's weird, Mr. White. What, is this the first time, the last time in 11 years you actually were at home, did not call a, a bowl game or get to travel? I bet that, you know, like uh, – Barry, Liddy, and the Homecoming Queen were surprised they had you there. Yes, Am I, I'm not mistaken, nope. that was that was a weird feeling, and I've been wanting to ask you that for quite a while. I mean, uh, I will let you, you when you get off the phone. We can talk about that, but I wanted because I know you study the plays, and you sit there and you diagram the plays on X or when you're online. The Alabama uh, play call there uh, at you know the the two point play essentially was was a touchdown to keep going. Did you have a problem with it? It looked like it was a pretty good play. He just maybe should have cut it to the left. I didn't think he could have went backside to the right. He would have had one-on-one with the – the. I guess they had a backer or somebody coming back. Yeah. Uh, but I think he would have broke that tackle. His momentum would have scored there. Just want to know if you looked at it, diagrammed it. Uh, you know, they had the problems – you know, with the staff, and I see this. what the center has gone into the transfer yep. portal, maybe mm-hmm. he can help you there at Mississippi State. He's a pretty good blocker, just, you know, on that snap deal. Mm-hmm. You, and, and Mr. White, as a as a guy that studies football, is that something you should seem like, cor- correct in practicing? I guess it just plagued them all year. I just wonder if this. You, you can't probably maybe go to your backup. Maybe you don't have that cohesion because you got to make the line calls and stuff, but is that something that's – you would think would be coachable. And then I just got to ask you, Mr. Wyatt, real quick on your Chiefs. Everybody may be because they've been slumping a little bit, but they had a nice win against Kent's, uh, Cincinnati Sunday. Mm-hmm. Do you think uh, Mahomes and the uh, guys can get it done in the playoffs? But great talking to you. Mr. Wyatt, looking forward to your uh, basketball. and hope you on some of these basketball games, uh, you know, uh, the SEC Plus or if you get to work some. week. We think you do a little under, underrated in basketball. We need to get you on back and listen to you broadcasting. So we
1: appreciate you. You have Thank a good one. You too, Greg. Appreciate the phone call, as always. Um, I don't I don't know. I hadn't heard yet on that. I'll usually you know, fill in if and when Bart and Charlie needed me to. Um, but I hadn't heard from him, so I guess there's a, a chance I could. I'll tell you this, uh, Greg. I've heard um, on at least one or two games, Bart Heisch. Is doing some of the SEC plus stuff too. And he does a, he's fun to listen to. That's a good job. Yeah. Chiefs are fine. You know, they're in and I say fine. I mean, they're, they're, they're fine as far as, you know, being in, they, they don't have the collection of, of weapons maybe that they've had in the past. And, um, For that, you know, they don't look like an an AFC team that going into the playoffs that you're going, hey, put some money on them, right? But it's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. It's, you know, um, Kelsey all of a sudden, you know, is feeling good (laughs) after a week off. Um, They can make some noise. You know, they are the kind of team, you know, sitting there with a couple of Super Bowls, these players, that quarterback, uh, that defense, that stadium if you if you do get to play a home game maybe they don't but if you do, it's just with that quarterback and that coach it, it wouldn't surprise anybody if they caught a little fire and a little magic in the postseason And they certainly haven't been the same as they have looked in years past, but you're still sitting talking about a team that I mean that's kind of what they are right? Even though at times they have looked, they're ten and six, in <laughs> you know in the division winner, even though it's kind of a bad division around them. But there's certainly some other teams, you know, certainly Baltimore, Miami, who look like, you know, the favorites in the AFC going into it. But I don't know that anybody would be terribly, terribly shocked. Okay, going back to the play, I want to study it a little bit more. You know, I haven't my I've heard others you know mention. That, you know, there were reads involved in it. Um, there was a, a pass option built into it with a running back getting out of there in motion to try to get the linebacker out of there. I haven't sat down and watched it and studied it close enough and then called a coach or two friends to see what they say to, to really, really speak with authority on the play call itself in terms of was it – did it have an option for him to swing it out there or change the play and all that kind of stuff. I, I you know – But I have seen enough of the play, like when it happened and replays of it, too, that I felt like, especially during the game when it happened, that they didn't – and, of course, I guess, you know, game over, celebration ensues, and so it's not like you're really in a normal analysis mode, I guess. But I felt like it went underrated, and, and people haven't pointed out enough what happened to the right side on that play, to the right tackle. I'm pretty sure it was the right tackle, right? who, yeah, you're wanting people who are on the edge to get upfield, right? Because it's it's really quarterback power because you're pulling the right guard over to the left. But he's not going to, like, go left immediately. He's going to – it's either you're going to make it look like draw, pass set, and then go so that they go up, maybe linebacker removes for a half second, and then you step up either to the right or – you know, up, you climb it, and then you follow him to the left, and it sets that edge. You're hoping that backside end gets upfield, which he did, and then you follow that blocker on around and pop it out the backside, which it kind of looked like they would have had a chance to do that if he hadn't gotten knocked off his feet right off the bat by the pressure off of his right. His right tackle, like pass set, back into him and then just got totally dominated and drilled Right back into him. If you go watch the play, y'all tell me if I'm wrong on this. I'm just going from memory here, but the the thing, yes, there was a guy coming free over here on the pull where, where the place I was going to. You're pulling the right guard around to the left, and somewhere there, middle left, somebody leaked through, and you're gonna have to deal with all that if you step in there. Sure, no no question, but maybe you can break that tackle. You do have bodies over there. That's where the play's supposed to go. But what stopped it initially and totally knocked him off his feet was his own offensive lineman on the right just getting blown up back into him. And that's what kind of sealed the play. Like there was no chance for the play to go anywhere because of of the pressure off the right edge driving a right tackle back into him. Um, On the snap thing, Greg, um, yes. The answer, the the technical and theoretical – answer from a coaching standpoint is, yeah, at that level, that's something that you as a center and quarterback have to get worked out and should be able to work out in practice. And that is, you know, eliminating bad snaps and wild snaps. Um, You know, some of that probably does come down to just, you know, there are some guys that have the hand-eye to do it and some that don't. Uh, focus thing, everything else. And I do know that, particularly on those timing runs, whether it's a counter, which that's kind of like a counter, right? Like you make it look one way and then you step back, follow the puller, or, you know, certainly it's something that's going to happen quick where you're going to catch a snap and immediately follow a guy. Bad snap will throw that off a half second here or there and it can make a lot of difference in the play. Um, I have never coached a center, and I've never been in on watching coaching of a center when somebody's working through that. So I can't tell you what particular drills and things they work on. I just know you see some guys that never have an issue. Um, you know, State had a starting center for three years prior to Cole Smith, who I don't know if you ever had a bad snap. Cole Smith is right handed. He goes out there and he snapped left handed all this year. No problems. You know, some guys can do it and some guys just struggle with it. And unfortunately, if you have one who's struggling with it, I don't know that you really have a choice. But to, you know, because it is so important, you may have to have a switch. You know, he may have to play a guard spot move somebody over and try something else. Maybe they tried all that. I don't know. The other thing is, too, it gets magnified when in that big of a game, a playoff game, you have some bad snaps. The whole issue really gets magnified. And then everybody starts talking about what a big issue it was all year long. And maybe it wasn't as big an issue all year long as they make it sound like. It's just that in this game there's a big old magnifying glass on it. Now we blow it up into something bigger than it really was. I don't know. But I do know this, man, like we said, he, Alabama's starting center, was one of a bunch of guys that, I'm talking about, I don't even know if they were back to Tuscaloosa yet, and they had their names in that transfer portal. Maybe he was told. See ya. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. Maybe he was. At any rate, good to hear from you, Gator Gray. Hey, speaking of, Uh, Dylan Johnson is going to play. Running back, Washington, going to play on Monday night. So as you know, he transferred from Mississippi State to Washington, had a really good year for them this year, got banged up, foot, leg injury. Well, he's hurt. I don't know if the injury is right because it never kept him out of a game, really. He's playing through it, right? And as you know, it reared its ugly head at a terrible time for Washington. They're running out the clock like a minute or less than a minute left in the game. Texas has no timeouts. They're handing the ball off, running the clock out. Hand one off. He gets hurt. He's rolling around on the field on the last play they had the ball before they have to give it back to Texas. But because he's injured, it stops the clock. So it stopped the clock with like 40 seconds left and gave Texas time and almost pulled this come back off, and um, he had to be helped off the field and all that kind of stuff, when in fact, if he had been able to even pop up and hobble off the field, it would have kept the clock running, and Texas really had no shot to even get it down there where they got it, but because he couldn't get up and get off the field, and he had to be attended to by the trainers and all that, it stopped the clock for Texas, it actually helped them very much. Um. And I guarantee you – now, you don't blame anybody for being hurt. I mean, you're not blaming them. It's just an unfortunate deal. But I guarantee you there are players on that team and other teams around the country that looked at that and made a mental note and went, okay, you know what? In the future, if we're in that situation where we're running clock out and we have one of our guys hit the turf and he's injured, we players are going to pick him up and run him to the sideline so that it doesn't stop the clock and give the other team a free timeout that they don't have. Uh, But anyway, he's going to play. ESPN says Dylan Johnson expected to play against Michigan on Monday night in Houston. That's according to Washington head coach, uh, uh, Kaelin DeBoer. Quote, my thoughts are that he will be ready to go. Obviously, it's a quick week, quick turnaround, seven days to get ready. Again, we'll be smart with how we prepare. As long as everything comes out, came out all right with everything, he's going to do everything he could to be on the field Monday night. So there you go. He had two tu- just 49 yards, but he did have the two early touchdown runs for Washington. Uh, Mississippi kid playing in the national championship game this coming Monday night. All right. What about those NFL playoff scenarios? We'll get to those. Next, I'm Matt. Stick around from the amazing hits. That
0: one is huge.
1: The amazing play, Matt Wyatt, has got it all for you. back with you rolling along here. Hour number two of the show. Off and running with you, I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. You can be a part of the show. Call me, text me. You can text the country, please, and text line at 885-3776. Got it? That's a 601 number, 885-3776. Another way to remember the text line number is 885-ESPN. That'll get you in. We've had some phone calls today on the Divinity Equipment phone line. It's been fun to hear other voices. got to hear Rooster and Brando and Gator Greg. So uh, give us a call. Divinity Equipment phone line, it is uh, number to call 897-1059, 601 number, 897-1059. A little bit of a change in the phone number, a lot the same, so... Just make a note of that, 897-1059. Again, if you're on the uh, live stream, watching on the Murray West live thread, hey to y'all, Sven commented on YouTube on the Murray West live thread. He said if Dylan Johnson is ready to play, uh, if Dylan Johnson is ready to play, Michigan is in big trouble. And he said he wanted to say that he has Washington winning the national championship. They're 37-24. How about that? How about that? I don't know. I mean, hmm. I mean, Michigan went in there and physically went toe to toe with Alabama. You know, and and covering people down the field was a big part of the win for Michigan. Probably underrated part of the game it was their corners, just and in, in, even in some cases safeties and just straight up man to man coverage making plays down the field. They were so good, and so you wonder, like that's probably the matchup within the matchup, right? Is those Washington receivers and that quarterback versus that defensive secondary of Michigan. That's the way I see it. Sven says Washington has the best offensive line in all of the NCAA. Well, and the best quarterback. Well, I'll tell you what now. (laughs) Hard to argue with that, the way he looked the other night. The way uh, Washington's quarterback looked the other night, you're like, who won the Heisman again? It wasn't him. But, uh, hey, the Heisman, in terms of its relevance, as the years go on, it just kind of continues to become, it seems anyway, become less and less relevant. It's still a big deal. I mean, congrats to them. I'm not taking anything away from it. I'm just saying in terms of what it means and the weight that it carries, it just seems to, I don't know, um, have waned a little bit. I tell you what has not waned for me is uh, – My appreciation for '80s and '90s pop culture and nostalgia. I promise I'm coming to these NFL playoff things, but I, I got to ask. Uh, I'm not going. I'm not going like summon him with a bell. I'm gonna play his music. Hey, B. Hey, Matt Wyatt. Uh, Back to the Future. Big fan of Back to the Future. Yeah. So, yeah, all of them, one, two, and three, or. Yeah, it took me a
2: long time to come around on three. Yeah. Because I remember remember going to see it in the theaters and not liking it. Uh huh. But years, many years later, I I gave it another chance and I liked it. Okay. Not the best one. Number two was my favorite. And I think it, it had a lot to do with the hoverboard.
1: Yeah, okay, the hoverboard and he went you know, and the whole Biff thing where the the gambling all well pe- magazine paid off or sports almanac or whatever it was paid off. He goes back and gambles on it. Yeah, they're I, they're good. I mean, and not to mention the little nugget, the fact that you did have Huey Lewis in the news doing the soundtrack. Me I mean, come on. I don't
0: mind but you better promise me I'll be back in time.
1: Okay, here's why I bring that up, Beaver. See if this makes you feel old. If Back to the Future had taken place in 2024, then Marty McFly would go back in time to 1994. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how does that make you feel, Beaver?
2: Oh, man, this is, you know, Here's another one. I saw this example the other day, too. It's the same thing. Someone was saying the movie Almost Famous. You remember that one? Yes. Okay, so I can't remember the exact years, but it took place. I want to say, you know, it was set in 73. But anyway, the, the whole point of it was to say that. So. If that took place, this was tw- 2023. It was still last year. Yeah. So if it took place in 2023, if you went back the same amount of years, if it it would be set in 1996, and it would be a movie about a kid following around the mighty mighty Boston's on the
0: Wart tour.
1: <laughs> now there's a name that I hadn't thought of. I think in that amount of time, the the mighty mighty Boston's. How about that, Beaver? Now, that's a nugget right there. Uh, Rebel Godfather says the best thing about Back to the Future 3 was ZZ Top. Yeah, that was the Western one, right, Beaver? They, they wind up on a train, on a train track out in the Old West or something? Mm, yep. Okay. So, anyway, so Back to the Future. If Back to the Future had come out now, then Marty McFly would be going back to, the, to 1994, okay, instead of going back to the 50s which was like different planets. And 94 just seems like last year. <laughs> I mean, weirdly.
2: Everything would be grunge.
1: Everything would be grunge, and the, and you would love the music. <laughs> that I know. Hey, but Beaver, check this out. 1990, so if we went back to 1994, back in time, we would also be going back to... The last time the Dallas Cowboys were in the Super Bowl. When Emmitt Smith, what was that, 30 years ago? 30 years ago, when Emmitt Smith was the MVP and the Cowboys beat the Bills. Okay, so that's the other thing that would be if, if we had Back to the Future now and went back to 94. In January of 94, you had Cowboys and... And Bills and Emmett Smith, the MVP, and the Cowboys won. That'd be the last time. All right. Uh, so, what about the Bills this time? So, here we are currently. You have. All right. So, let's go by division. You got the AFC East. Where's my time here? We're good. You got the AFC East. It's either going to be Miami or Buffalo. Okay. Miami's 11 and 5, Buffalo game back at 10 and 6. Um, uh, Bills are going to be in the playoffs, but in terms of winning the division, it said the Bills actually have a better chance of winning the division. The Bills win the division with a victory on Sunday. Okay. But things get sticky if they lose. Who are they playing? That's what I gotta know. I gotta I gotta know what the, the games are. I'll pull those up too. Dolphin. Okay, so they play each other. So the Dolphins and the Bills play each other this weekend. Man, that's huge. Okay, so basically if the Bills win the game, they win the division. Um, If they lose, a tie is going to put them in a postseason, a loss or tie by the Steelers or the Jags. Or a tie in the Texans and Colts game. That all plays a factor into it. But this I know. They don't win the division if they lose, right? No, no, no. If they lose, there's all these other things that come into play for the Dolphins to win the division, other games. If the Bills win it, they win the division. All right, let's go past AFC South. Colts are right there. Jags are right there. All right, here we go. NFC East. This is Cowboys and Eagles. Cowboys are at Washington, 3 30 Central Time Sunday. If they win the game against Washington, which they probably will, it's like an 80, 90% chance they will, they win the division. Cowboys also fighting for the number two seed. They're going to win the division if they beat the Commanders or if the Eagles lose to the Giants. Okay. Cowboys would also win it if they and the Eagles end up in ties, they're going to win the division. The Cowboys, you know, are in. They, they've they got a guaranteed wild card spot all the way back since week 15. Um, Eagles are in. They're not going to win the division. Well, they're going to need some help. The scenario for the Eagles to win the division, they don't control their own destiny. They need to beat the Giants. They need the Cowboys to lose. If the Eagles and the Giants were to tie the game, the Eagles would need the Cowboys to lose. So, you know, ties come into the fact, you know, factor in. Now, NFC South, again, diehards have looked this up if you're a Saints fan, but it's right there. So, the Buccaneers are playing at the Panthers this weekend, noon on Sunday, noon Central. So, huge chance of winning the game, obviously. Tampa's only 8-8 right now, same as the Saints. They're both 8-8. But, see – Tampa is playing at Carolina. For Tampa to win the division, all they got to do is beat the Panthers, who are a 2-14 and 14 football team. So, see, that's what the Saints are looking at. <clears throat> For the Saints to win the division, they need to beat the Falcons, or tie, and have the Buccaneers lose to the Panthers. Now, Saints fans don't have any confidence whatsoever that the Panthers will pull some upset and beat Tampa. But there still is a sliver of hope. But just know what you're pulling for. If you're a Saints fan, you've got to have the Buccaneers lose this game. Can they still make the playoffs as a wild card? Yeah, but they're going to need some help. The Seahawks are involved, the Cardinals are involved, the Packers are involved, the Bears are involved. It could get hairy. Stick around.
0: we go? Whether it's about winning the game, or even losing the game, you're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now.
1: all right back with you all set to wrap it up here today on this thursday in the bureau the farm bureau insurance studio farm bureau go with the home team they are your home team let me let me let me get you kind of wrapped up on this nfl
0: in america is a special game a unique game played nowhere else on earth it is a rare game the man who play it make it so
1: Uh, Let me me get you cleared up here. Saints are 8-8. Bucks are 8-8. Saints play against the Falcons at home noon this Sunday. 16% chance of winning the division, 23% chance of making a playoffs. That's what the Saints are up against. The reason is the Bucks, who they're tied with right now at the top of the division, play at the Panthers. Panthers are a two-win team. They're awful. Have been awful all year long. You want some more NFL Films music? <laughs> uh, they're awful. So, like, if the Bucks beat the Panthers, that's pretty much it. They're in, Saints aren't. But, you know, given that you got to play the game and, and stranger things have happened. I mean, see, who was it, the Colts a couple of years ago when same scenario and just like the Bucks, and they had to go on the road and play... The Jaguars, the worst team in the NFL that year, and the Jaguars beat them. Last game of the year, beat them. Switched up the playoff scenario. So, in order for the Saints to win the NFC South, they have to beat or tie the Falcons and have the Bucks lose to the Panthers. Now, it gets confusing a little bit, but the Saints can also tie with the Falcons. You know, and, and if Tampa loses then they still, that helps them, right? That would give New Orleans a number four seed and a home game in the first round of the playoffs by winning the division. They just need the Panthers to upset the Bucks. So if they don't win the division, can they still get in as a wild card team? Yes. But there's all kinds of stuff that has to happen. So here's what you got to pull for. If you don't win the division, like if the Buccaneers beat the Panthers, which they should, The Saints can get the final wild card spot with a win as long as they beat the Falcons and have the Seahawks lose to the Cardinals and have the Packers lose to the Bears, right? So here's your if. And I know there's some ways some ties factor in, but that's just confusing. Just listen. Saints fans, if the Buccaneers, if you win this weekend... And the Bucks lose to the Panthers. You need to be rooting for the Seahawks to lose and for the Packers to lose. Now, if the Saints lose to Atlanta, they're not in. They got no shot. So you got to take care of your own business and then hope something else happens. That's kind of the, the situation that you're in if you're a Saints fan. Got it? Good. All right. Where's Beaver? <laughs> Hey, let's wrap up this trivia. You want to? Sure. All right, so y'all, today is National Spaghetti Day. Somebody else said it's National Chili Day. I didn't see that one. But it's also National Trivia Day. And so we like the office around here. Beaver knows everything about it. And he answers these trivia questions um, like, like it's basic math. Two plus two is four, right? I mean, he just knows it. Not to put any reason unreasonable expectations on you, Beaver, but here we go. <laughs> um, Dwight tells Jim's roommate. I would think this would be tough. Remember the episode when like Jim had everybody over at his house to watch some TV show, and they didn't invite Michael. Uh-huh. I think it was. Dwight tells Jim's roommate that he keeps an extra pair of shoes in his car for special occasions. What kind of shoes are they?
2: Birkenstocks.
1: <laughs> Birkenstocks. I mean, how would you know that? But it's true. Okay. Um, on the day that he's supposed to move to Boulder, Colorado, Michael says, I can't do this. All the channels are going to be different there. I'm not going to be able to find my shows. I'm not going to start blank at level 1. I don't Okay, I don't think my credits are going to transfer. <laughs> <laughs> improv? <laughs> I'm not going to start my improv at level 1. Um <clears throat> okay, back to that that it was a glee watch party at Jim's apartment. Uh during the glee watch party episode what does Michael say he drinks while eating bags of vegetables that steam right inside their own bag?
2: Okay. So that was actually the Glee party was at Gabe's apartment.
1: Oh, was it? Okay, sorry. So that's a different party. Okay, sorry. that's the one where
2: to get. Let's see. Pam wanted Dwight to stay with the baby to get it to sleep.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Okay.
2: And he said, "I require beer and pizza." from jim and made him feed him the pizza <laughs> okay so with the vegetables sangria
1: glass of sangria <laughs> you're perfect on these questions by the way uh in the episode when ryan started the fire which game does michael say he plays every <laughs> every night before bed
2: <laughs> oh man wait. can, can we it, say
1: that here well yeah who would you i mean that was only, yeah okay What did Kevin buy for himself when he got himself for Secret Santa? Foot bath. (laughs) He bought himself a foot bath. It was like that was his permission to buy himself something. It was weird. Um, This is interesting. I'm going to see if you, I'll be really impressed if you know this. What is Stanley's morning three by five? Oh, Mm.
2: okay, Uh, a tea. Okay. Three sugars, three creams. No, three by five? Three sugars, five creams.
1: That's right. You got it. Three sugars, five creams. (laughs) Tea, three sugars, five. That's his morning three by five. I, if you know this, I mean, really, what is the name of Dwight's porcupine who he used to make it look like Jim was pranking him?
2: Oh, I'd have to have options. I can't remember. That okay. One.
1: So is it Hilly, Henry or Henrietta? Okay. Uh, Henrietta. You're, you're right. Henrietta. <laughs> um <clears throat> What is in the thermos that Michael offers Pam during morning deliveries for the Michael Scott Paper Company?
2: Cream and sugar. <laughs> Every day.
1: He says <clears throat> cream and sugar? Yeah. And so she, she thinks it's coffee with cream and sugar. Turns out, no, no, it's just cream and sugar. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Are you bored with this yet, Beaver? Everybody else may be bored with it. No, I'm
2: I'm fine. I have a streak going.
1: You got a streak going, okay. But um, everyone
2: else probably is tired.
1: Oh, uh, well, it's okay. We only got two minutes left. I mean, what's worse, Beaver, us doing this for the final two minutes or three minutes of the show, or Chris Brooks going, hey, Beaver, how much time we got left? <laughs> <laughs> I still think Chris doesn't really like me. I don't know what it is, what I did to him. I, there's something about, I, I just get a feeling what? he didn't like me. What? Yeah, I don't know what I did. Uh, I'm only I, ha- I'm only halfway kidding. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm only halfway kidding. Okay. All right, back to the trivia. Um When talking about the senator's proposal, why does Angela say that she doesn't normally like a flower in her hair?
2: It seems so civil right <laughs>
1: what a line what a line yeah y'all i was just kidding about brooks okay um (laughs) what brand is michael wearing on the day that he accidentally wore a woman's suit
2: mysterious
1: (laughs) m-i-s-s oh i guess it's a kick out of that Okay. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Okay. (laughs) Um. Hold on. I gotta find one here that we can do. Some of them are starting to get a little risky here. Like, okay. Here we go. Um. What does Michael make a ton of for him and Pam on the morning of the first day of the Michael Scott Paper Company? French toast. Was it really? I was going to say pancakes. It's French toast. You got it right. You hadn't missed one yet. You only needed multiple choice on one question. Okay, and then that same morning, he's making breakfast, the first morning of the Michael Scott Paper Company. He got egg in his shoes. What kind of shoes was he wearing? I got egg in my crocs. <laughs> this is incredible, Beaver. And I, you don't even need time to think about it. I'm so impressed. I really am impressed with you. Not that I wasn't already, but it's kind of gross, isn't it? You got egg down in his crocs. <laughs> Happy National Trivia Day, folks. Play some Trivial Pursuit tonight. Did people still do that? You lost all the game pieces, didn't you? That's all right. For Beaver, I'm Matt, all of us here on the show. See you tomorrow at the same time, same place. See you then. せー!